What's up, fans, and anyone else who accidentally wandered upon this train wreck of a podcast? This is Topic Apocalypse, the only podcast on the internet, and I am your benevolent or irrelevant host, Josh Peterson. This episode is brought to you by Wheelie Q Barbecue Sauces and Rubs, but we'll have more on that later. Today, instead of a bunch of idiots sitting around a table talking about things they may or may not know anything about, I'm joined by a band that is doing its part every day to keep the post-hardcore genre alive. Fellow Southern Californians, Keys. What's up, guys? Hey, how's it going? So who am I talking to? You guys want to do your, your introductions here? Uh, my name is Kyle. I play guitar and sing. Sometimes I yell a little bit. Um, here to get in your face. And I'm Pat, and I play guitar. I do not sing, but I do also yell from time to time. <laughs> We all, we all need a good yell sometimes. <laughs> all right, before we get into the music, uh, tell me a little bit about Keys. How did you guys come together? How did you decide what kind of music you wanted to play? Give me the dirt. Um, I think long story short is uh, I just wanted to play some music. Um, I found some friends quite a few years ago. Uh, we started jamming. Uh, we kind of had no intention of being like a real band. We just put, a, we put an EP out in like 2011 or 12. Um, the reaction was pretty good, so we kind of were like, "Oh, let's let's be in a real band. Let's let's name it. Like, let's try to do the thing." Um, some obstacles got in our way, um, and long story short, we're here in 2018. Um, Pat joined us about a year ago. He helped write um, write our new album that should be coming out sometime. I don't know next year, and uh, we're trying to just we're trying to do the thing for real and. I don't know. I think it's pretty real. <laughs> it feels pretty real. I'm enjoying it. You guys enjoy what you're doing and you don't hate each other. I think that's the, the sign of a, a band that can go places. Just yeah. trying, to, trying to make music that I, I would want to listen to. Yeah. yeah. So while we're on this subject, what, what are your guys' influences? Um, Pat, you want to go first? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I had interest in keys because Kyle and I work together and so that's sort of how I found out about it was we just would talk about music. That was our common ground. And so, you know, the more we talked about bands and just like specifically like post hardcore bands and post rock bands, we just started to, you know, get into it more and more. And as time went on, Kyle was really starting to get serious about things with uh, the writing process for this album that we're working on. And, you know, I was like, you know, if you ever need help, like I'm down and it just kind of, snowballed from there we just kept writing and things are really taken like not so much a super heavy direction but yeah like i think the post-hardcore genre emo a little bit has been making everything come together lately there so the genre of post-hardcore i'm noticing uh recently it's kind of going through a, a renaissance of sorts which is you know it's awesome but for a while it kind of felt like the genre was dying uh What's, yeah, it's kind of all over the place right now. Yeah, like in a good way. Yeah, yeah, and like I, because I, I came across you guys on on Dreambound, and like if you guys ever listen to that channel, like there's a lot of like different style. It's almost like there's genres within genres. You know, you have like yeah. post hardcore, lovecore, whatever you guys want to, you know, whatever genre people make up for their own bands. Yeah, yeah. slap a core on it, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like there's like there people are mixing spoken word with with screamo. It's it's kind of it's really cool to see it. Yeah, even in like like hip hop now, they're kind of like bringing an emo edge to it. It's kind of it's kind of yeah. cool. I'm into it. 
it's it's like yeah, someone was saying there's something called like metal rap or something where they it's like oh, rap yeah. but with screaming. <laughs> and they're yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to convince me that uh, rap had mosh pits and I, there's just a bunch of people jumping up and down. It wasn't really a real mosh pit. And we don't even have mosh pits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, right. I'm like I, I sometimes wonder. I'm like, this is gonna be a pretty heavy part. Are people gonna mosh? And then you know, no. I, like I'm used to being in heavy bands where. You know, you just like raise your fist in the air, people just start smashing into each other. But you know, people just kind of, they, they just want to feel the love at a Keys show. It's it's kind of positive. Get sad. I mean, is it, would you guys be stoked though if you saw people like swinging their fist, a little wall of death action going on? I think I'd be, I'd be more stoked if somebody just kind of like, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm more into just like moving your feet and like getting weird. Um, I'd be stoked if people kind of just like grooved with it let alone like i don't know moshing moshing's cool but somebody had gotten like in the center of a pit and just started kind of dancing yeah. like, <laughs> I, i'd back whatever pretty much i mean if if, some, if they want to do both and it just kind of intersects together and creates this weird cyclone i'm i'm okay with that people dancing into people pitting that could be an interesting combination yeah i mean whatever they're doing to express the way that your music makes them feel yeah uh, so I bought your your Wandermere EP on iTunes, and I was looking you up. There's also a Lord of the Rings orchestra cover band called Keys. So does anyone ever show up at your shows dressed like hobbits? Oh, man. Not yet. <laughs> There's so many bands named Keys, and it just kind of bums me out because I was like, I thought I was original. <laughs> really? Dude, I didn't even know that. I didn't know there was like a ton of Keys out there. There's like a classic rock band named Keys. Um, there's a girl from the UK, like a kind of like pop music. Um, for a while, we were getting a lot of emails like asking to use her songs um, <laughs> and stuff. And I would just I would reply being like, no, like I can't give you permission to use that, but you can use this song and link us to like our music. <laughs> Let's collaborate with all of them. <laughs> were there any takers? Anyway. Any takers when you're sending the links to your music? Uh, no, no responses. Oh, <laughs> all right. So you guys probably get asked this a lot, but on one of your EPs, you have a song with uh, Vic Fuentes of Pierce the Veil. How did that happen? Um, I'm just gonna keep it nice and sweet. Um, Vic's my uncle. Okay. So taught me how to play music. Um, he he kind of helped with writing some of those songs. Like I show him any idea I ever write. I'm like, what do you think of this? Um. So he's kind of had his little taste of Vic in like anything we've ever released. Um, whether it's just like, oh, do you like this riff? Um, what do you think of the structure? He's always helped me just in any of my bands. Um, and when we wrote that song, he kind of, he wrote the guitar for that part. And uh, I wrote the vocal melody and I was just like, hey, why don't you, like, do you want to sing on it? Um, it just sounded fitting and how it worked. Pretty simple. Oh, that, I mean, that's cool. You got, uh, you got someone kind of leading you along on this journey a little bit that's been on it already. So that's that's cool. Yeah, like I don't know his his opinion just like means most to me. I think just yeah, Aww. Make- <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. That that's really cool. So like specifically, like band influences. Do you guys have anything that you're like listening to that you that you kind of try to incorporate into your own music? Um it's kind of funny like i i kind of listen to a lot of like i guess you'd say like top 40 or like the uh i call it like the 80s revival right now like bands like twin shadow and uh blood orange like i'm super into blood orange and uh 
I think like top band bands for me are probably like Panic at the Disco and uh, Hello Goodbye is up there. Um, I'm kind of, I don't really listen to a lot of post-hardcore or like a lot of uh, like emo bands, but like, I don't know, my, my go-tos are like Drake and um, Super Into Juice World right now <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tierra Whack. I don't know if anyone's heard of her. Um, yeah, I'm gonna like that name. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Tierra Whack's new album is so good, so good. Tierra Whack. What about you, Patrick? Uh, for me, it's kind of been an interesting journey for me the last couple of years because, uh, like, I'd always been mostly doing heavier stuff. Uh, you know, just constantly like going through the rotation of heavy bands, hardcore bands. I was in a pop punk band for a while, and uh, I found myself like playing a lot and then just going home listening to pop music same top 40 like hip-hop 90s hip-hop like just good old throwback jams <laughs> and uh it like that would just sort of like calm me down it would keep things dynamic and then we know, you, we know your go-to is the backstreet boys well yeah hey yeah, can you blame them can you blame them though boys all day dude <laughs> that's no like the go-to in the van is like LMFAO and Backstreet Boys. Dude, I wasn't around for the LMFAO. Like I was like, whoa, you know, I probably reacted way more than I should have. When you guys were joking, you were like, oh, we're listening to LMFAO. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like, I was so overwhelmed with that. I mean, like, aside from that stuff, I discovering all the stuff I was listening to in high school, like these emo bands, that's going through a big resurgence right now. I played an emo night a couple of years ago. And since then it's just been like, Oh, this band I used to listen to like circus survive and Ooh, yeah. you know, Panic at the disco and all these just, you know, unique bands that have been influencing me more than I thought they would ever get to. So yeah, that side is creeping in. This is kind of a uh, theme on here. Usually I got my brother here and he likes to talk trash on them, but how do you guys feel about under oath? Dude, I I'm all for under oath. Like I, I flip out. There's months at a time where I'm like, I don't know what to listen to because all I want to listen to at the moment is under oath. <laughs> How do you feel about their new album? I think their um, new album is not an under oath album. Um, in the nicest way. I don't, I listened to it like halfway through. Um, I, I couldn't get through it just cause I don't, I mean, it's not my style of music, but it wasn't bad. It just, it didn't feel like under oath to me. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the biggest uh, criticism for them. But, it, you know, I, I get the need to evolve as a band. You don't want to keep doing the same things over and over again. And sometimes oh, people yeah. do it right. Yeah. And they, oh, yeah. yeah. And they had quite a break, too. So, I mean, coming back, especially as, like, older musicians, I respect that, you know, when they come back and start doing their thing again, they want to do something completely different. Yeah. You know, like, I, I think if I'd have listened to it and somebody said, oh, check out this band, it would have been – like, oh, okay, you know, that's, like, who is this? This is interesting, but knowing it's under oath and hyping, like, oh, this is under oath, like, they're returning, of course, like, what's going through my head? I got, like, Define the Great Line, Lost in the Sound of Separation, just, you know, that expectation yeah. might might throw people off. So, you know, I, I support what they're doing. Yeah, hey, good for them for sticking it out, too. What um, Thrice, I think, is a band that's done it very well. They've kind of transitioned out of that... Uh, punk screamo phase into like more mature music and they haven't really made a bad album yet at least to me i love like i i think thrice's weakest album is probably like major minor yeah um that was like when they kind of transitioned from like kind of like their post-rock into like more even radio rock i guess yeah and 
and uh i mean you can always hear like when they change their sound like uh vsu was like a hum- humongous change for them um yeah fantastic band <laughs> Yeah. I think we just had this conversation too because I had slept completely on Thrice. You know, I'd heard it like word of mouth from so many reputable friends, but I'd never listened. And I think, yeah, you the other day, Kyle, were like, oh man, you got to go through just the entire catalog. I think you'd like every album, even though there's so many different sounds to Dude, appreciate. They, they literally do every genre perfect. Like, they have like <laughs> old, like, what is it? Identity Crisis is like kind of like the more punk sound. And then, uh, or no, uh, Illusion of Safety. Illusion of Safety. Yeah, Identity oh, Crisis was the first album they did. Yeah, that one was the more like punk one. Yeah. And then uh, Illusion of Safety kind of got like the more hardcore vibes. Then they went like metalcore. They've, they've done it all. It, it's weird all right. because with Visu is kind of that transition point, though, out of the like the angsty screaming type music and into more like a, you know, they experiment with folk a little bit and then moved on to just like a regular rock sound or whatever. But the album's still so heavy. It's it crazy. Is, it is. It's so good. And it's all like ba- the Visu, like he, the, the entire album is based on the writings of C.S. Lewis and just the way he incorporates all that stuff is so cool. Yeah. They're like one of my favorite bands. I have like um, one of their like old tour dvds where it's just like them in their van and stuff and i still watch that like from time to time like they're probably one of my biggest inspirations they're yeah they're awesome and dustin's got such a dynamic voice even on his solo stuff i saw him out at the troubadour uh this was last year sometime and like he just he knows how to get a crowd going so good all right cool so tell me about uh, uh how does the writing process take place for you guys um i think it starts with like I'll just kind of come up with a riff. Um, I kind of laugh because I always say, like, my parts are really simple. Like, <laughs> I, I keep stuff really simple, like two to three chords. Um, I'll find just some notes that I like and then be like, hey, like, what do you guys think? Um, Pat will be like, oh, I can shred on this. And Pat yeah. will just, like, just start shredding way yeah. too much. <laughs> Pat just shreds too hard. Like, he he's too good for me, like. <laughs> I, I like overthink the parts but like yeah that the first time we sat down a road together it, it was just that he had a uh, chord progression just like two or three chords that ended up being floating room and uh it was just like a fun developmental process where i would just start shredding inevitably and then you know the shred filter would would come through and he would say like okay you know like this works that doesn't so much like maybe this is a little out of place and then you know, we just realized we work really well together and we would just go into his room and turn out a song in a few hours. And most of the songs were written that way. We just would get so excited about it that you couldn't help but finish something. Yeah, like I'll always program like some pretty bad fake drums just to kind of get the feeling. Um, we'll throw ideas back with our bass player, um, um, Dominic. He'll he'll like give his touch. He'll be like, oh, that doesn't sound like keys. Um maybe try it this way. Um, yeah. We all bounce ideas back and forth. Um, I think that's pretty cool because I feel like a lot of bands, there's kind of just like one songwriter or like one main person. And like, I guess like in the end, I kind of still have the final say, like, hey, we're not using this song. We're not using this part. But mm-hmm. like in a nice way, like kind of everyone agrees like yeah, that I kind of have that final say. I mean, somebody has to. Yeah, like, We don't really fight each other at all. I think it's the best way to describe it. Like, we don't 
get pent up and you know like oh how do i tell them this part sucks because we just legitimately never really feel that way we're always on the same page with it no like van halen issues (laughs) what was that i said no van halen issues Uh, no (laughs) Uh, yeah even even if like somebody comes up with something that like i don't like i'm just gonna be like hey like i personally don't like it it's not bad it's just it's not for us yeah it always makes sense well because i imagine too because you guys have really elaborate uh vocals and like the 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 stories that are being told through the lyrics is it's super deep and elaborate so does that have anything to do with like what gets cut out and what gets kept in and all that um so this is like the first album i've been keeping my vocals in mind while writing so like if we write something and like i can't figure out on the spot like a crummy vocal melody or like oh that's not going to be in my range we just cut it immediately mm-hmm. um even if it's like the sickest idea like so we're kind of keeping my vocals like in mind this time around. Um, and we're trying to keep it like in the forefront. Cause I mean, like I said, like we listen to a lot of top 40, we listen to a lot of pop. So it's like, what do you listen to? Like, what do you hear when you listen to that? You hear vocals. It's the yeah. same beat. Yeah. So yeah, like what, what kind of song are you trying to listen to? I guess is something that we, we keep in mind, you know, especially him. Like he'll, he'll cut out parts just from saying something like, Oh, you know, what am I supposed to do over this part? Like it wouldn't really make sense. I can't, figure it out and yeah he was on top of it the whole time you know very early stages he would think there's nothing for vocals to add here so maybe we should rethink it that probably makes the process easier though i imagine right uh, it this time around i'd say yeah like um i would do like whenever i write i do like little uh like i don't know how to describe it like i make fake words when i sing like <laughs> ah, so, 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 you know like that fillers and, oh yeah <laughs> the start of a melody like a vocal melody and i actually like end up keeping a lot of those like on the spot melodies they'll, they'll get stuck in my head with <laughs> nonsense total gibberish lyrics and then I, there i am singing it in my kitchen my roommates are just like dude what are you saying like, <laughs> <laughs> so that in mind though do you guys do you guys how have you guys been like hit by any trolls and people saying that you should do things a certain way do you try to cater to what the fans want from you guys or you just kind of go in and write what you want to write i i had a hard time after our wandermere ep came out even writing that because like people really want to hear me scream mm-hmm. and uh i love screaming like i i like my like the one thing i think i'm most like um not insecure about is my screaming but like i i literally blow my voice out like i'm probably not doing it right um anytime that we tour like i literally can't talk after like two or three shows and uh i not to like cater to not screaming i just i think the music has just developed to like needs to be more clean vocals like um and i think a lot of people are probably going to be a little disappointed with the lyrics this time around because they're a little bit more straightforward than they used to be. Um, I used to kind of be super, super metaphorical. And uh, like I said, again, like we just listened to so much like top 40 music. I just wanted to keep it a little bit more accessible, more like digestible. Yeah. yeah, And you want to welcome, be able to have new fans come in and not, uh, you know, wonder what you guys are up to and all that. Yeah. So you you said you got an album coming out. What uh, what's the progress on that? Is it a full album or is it another EP? Can you talk um, about it? <laughs> uh, so it it is a full album. It's ten songs. I can say that. Um, 
we just don't really know when it's going to be out. We're doing it like all on our own this time. So like, yeah. When we put floating room out, we had just gotten that mix done and just got like the final version back. And we're like, all right, let's do a video. Let's get it out. Um, our second song is being mixed right now. Um, so we're, our goal is to just kind of put a song out a month or like every other month. Um, just cause since we are doing it ourselves, like we're kind of, I don't know, like we, we do have a game plan, like a long-term goal, but also like our short-term goal is just to like get music out to people. Cause I know it's been forever. Yeah. I, I think it kind of slowly evolved into creating the, the short term, uh, putting the singles out and then finding the best way to support that and generate interest. And, uh, initially of course, like we had written everything, like just with 10 songs, 10 to 12 songs for a full length in mind. And then, yeah, it just, as we were doing things ourselves and, you know, we started spitballing ideas, everything evolved into what we're doing now, which is, uh, you know, just keep working on the finished songs the way they are and then get mixes back and, you know, see what we can do after the first few singles and after we've toured a bit more throughout the fall. Yeah. And I, and also it's, I imagine like, as you guys keep doing this, it gets the, the whole process gets a little bit easier. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, two questions for you guys here. One would, uh, you guys have any ideas, uh, not ideas, but, uh, inclination to release anything on vinyl and how do you guys feel about vinyl coming back? Um, I'm, so, I'm a fan. Like, I like it. It's a nice aesthetic. Yeah. Um, I would love to have all of our releases on vinyl, but it's just, it's so expensive, um, to press. Um, our, our Wandermere EP came out on like a super limited, I think there's like four copies of it, four or five copies, um, that are floating around the internet, um, for like way too much money. <laughs> <laughs> I think like the last one, somebody sent me a picture. It sold for like 50 bucks. Jeez. I was like, you guys are crazy. Um, I'm down for it. It's just, I don't think we can afford it. Yeah. I mean, do you guys, as far as like the sound goes, though, do you guys think there's any merit to the idea that it sounds closer to the source of the music? Um, honestly, like probably back in the day, it was a lot better. But like nowadays, everything just in the actual studio is so compressed and like digital. Yeah. I don't think it makes a big difference. Plus a lot of the, the new record players are like, they have cheaper needles. Um, the speakers people are playing them out of are probably like either the built-in record player speakers or just whatever they have. So honestly, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's big justice. I think it's just a process that's sort of died out. Sadly, you know, like back in the day, you'd have to use all of this crazy expensive analog equipment. So I think it just, the whole sound you would get from, the way recording was done back then had this life to it that translated into vinyl. And, you know, now, like, like he's saying, you could just get the digital sound through vinyl and you can do it as, as best you can, but that's expensive in and of itself. It's hard to justify, you know, the cost, but I, I just love it. Even if we do short runs of vinyl, just because, you know, they end up being nice collector's items. Yeah, and it's pretty a, cool. It's a cool like nostalgia thing too for a lot of people. Yeah, I like the just like the packaging and everything. Like, um, we had our our last seven inch split was released on vinyl, and like it's just cool to have that physical copy of your own album. 
Yeah, and it's like something you put on a shelf or something. So you frame it. There you go. That's, yeah, that's why I just did this week. I didn't know there were any left. So you know, since I joined just last year, I asked Kyle, I'm like, are there any of those split vinyls left? And it's like, yeah, let me bring you one. So I just put it like right on my mantle. <laughs> that's where it's gonna sit so you know i totally see the, the appeal in it it's a trophy well patrick let me ask you this man so you just joined the band last year was there any difficulty in transitioning in um no not really it was i mean i've been so happy doing what we've been doing because it felt very natural you know we were we work together we do the same job we're both like av tech so we just <laughs> get to hang out a lot and spend time together and it, it just sort of shifted like the context was not work when we hung out it was this is the stuff that we've been talking about and that we love and we get to write music together so it just got better and better and you know and it's it's continuing to get more fun so it's been very seamless and enjoyable from the get-go good good yeah, like, when i started talking to pat um like my guitar player was still in the band but like he had moved to Portland two years ago. So like anytime that we would play like a show, it had to be a tour. Um, writing was just getting really hard. Like he's still like my best friend. Um, we play video games online together and stuff like that. It's just, it was getting to the point where it was like, it was too hard to be in a band together. Um, so it just kind of came naturally, like no hard feelings, no anything. It was literally, Hey, I live 2000 miles away from you guys. I can't be in the band anymore. You know? Yeah, it's kind of impractical, too, for, I, I imagine, for both of you guys. Yeah. Uh, okay, video. you mentioned video games. What, are, what, are you, what do you guys play? What are you playing? Um, Pat, do you play video games? Dude, okay, so I've been <laughs> going through this personal crisis lately where I used to play video games all the time, and then I've moved around a lot, you know, in the past five years or so. So every time I move, you know, like I downsize, like – the video game collection is is no exception, but I was always the type of dude to get super deep into like Oblivion or Skyrim and then Fallout or you know, Life every consumers. Grand Theft Auto that comes out <laughs> pretty much. And it just games that I could spend a lot of time on and had a good story. Like Metal Gear Solid, I think was the most recent one I was thinking of this morning where I just, I'm like, man, you know, I really feel like playing through that entire saga despite the fact that it'll probably take me like two months. But yeah, I just, you know, I have like those franchises that I love that I want to get back to now that I'm like in a stable living situation. So hopefully I'll get into something soon, like newer stuff. I, I want to get like Red Dead Redemption, you know, like just keep up with things, get back into the, the swing. Modern so trends. Speak. Yeah. Did you guys uh, you get, ever get a chance to play the latest God of War? No. Oh, so I good. used to bust those games out. Though God of War, I played the first one like ten times. It was a all good, the way through. Yeah, they're good games, but I mean, like this one, they they completely turned it on its head, though. Like as far as like the storytelling and the the uh, the soundtrack and everything, like it's 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 such a sad game, but it's so much fun. It's it's therapeutic. It's it, like super sad storylines. You just go through them and like ah. Oh. And then, it is your heart open, but it's so worth it. Yeah, yeah. And then you like you hear the soundtracks later on, and you know whenever you hear them, and it just takes you back to that time, and you just you feel good. You just want to float in it for a while. Well, it's like like Skyrim and Oblivion. Yeah. I'll just like put YouTube playlists on of the soundtracks for those games. It just makes my day to day in my apartment way more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what What about you, Kyle? You playing anything? Uh, I was super into like Portal. Um, Portal 2 is, like, the best game ever. Um, 
Um, Bioshock, super big for me. Uh, we have like two or three songs named after Bioshock. Um, and our band name is named after Halo, um, Captain Keys. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. So hey. We're a little nerdy. Hey, um, a little no worries, dude. Uh, Halo's awesome. Yeah, currently, I'm only, I play League of Legends from time to time. I was way into it the past couple of years, but um, I'll hop on whenever I get a day off. Yeah, it, it helps, man. You just sit there when you, you know, you, you've been stressed out for a bit, you turn on a video game, shut your oh, mind yeah. off for a bit, Dude, just yes. dive into the mythology of video games, unless it's the library on Halo, in which case you break a few controllers. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I can't afford to get new controllers all the time. That might be the case, too. Like, so, yeah, then. Talk about controllers. <laughs> um, all right. Sorry. Back to music. Sidetracked for the for a second there. Um, <laughs> worth it. So what what is it like for you guys being a post-hardcore band in 2018, though? Like, is this the revival we were talking about earlier? Does that help you guys? Or is it still kind of a struggle to get noticed by people? I think uh, it's relevant. Like, people are really receptive. Like, when we play shows, people dig the sound. Like, like I always remember back in the day when I was listening to it. I think that uh, the whole emo night thing was, like, a big push for like this genre of music um, in the past couple of years. Cause um, now people are like, kind of like proud to be like, Oh, like I listen to these bands um, kind of like back in the day. If you said you listen to like my chemical romance and stuff, you were kind of like the weird oh, kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now it's kind of like the cool thing. So I think it's, I think emo and I kind of had a big thing to do with um, yeah. not bringing it into like mainstream, but making it a more, I guess, common thing or like cool thing. Well, it makes yeah. it more accessible too to uh, to newer yeah. fans, and like we're living in a you know, like I said, it's 2018, and you don't really have to be ashamed to be into like you know the the emo bands like My Chemical Romance or Hawthorne Heights anymore. You just kind of rock yeah. it out and do your thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that that's exactly it. Like everyone is just has this new pride about uh, music that was maybe previously just nostalgic and kind of a personal thing. Like people really like the emotional content. Like I had somebody ask us after a show recently, like, Oh, are you guys going to go in more of an emo direction or a post hardcore direction? And I was like, I, I don't think we really have a, a mission to do either just, you know, one, one flavor. You know, we, we really like that the emo revival sort of has, uh, generated that interest and in more emo hardcore which is like a post-hardcore sound and right i think yeah post-hardcore has a lot to offer the wider spectrum of people who are maybe just getting into emo music because of emo night as well as uh, people who have nostalgia for it well you guys blend things very well too because i've uh just going through your eps and stuff you guys kind of blend the the hardcore metalcore post-hardcore emo like it all you blend it all together very well so it's kind of like you don't really need to you know pigeonhole yourself into any specific genre because you guys cross over them and it still sounds amazing yeah i, I think we were talking about that the other day because we were just like i feel like we could fit on like a like a like a touring bill with kind of a lot of different bands like we can kind of cater our set list to like heavier bands or we can cater it to softer bands like Backstreet Boys. <laughs> how do you guys oh, yeah. feel about NSYNC? We, we talk about Backstreet Boys, but how do you feel about the other side of the coin? 
I was right. out of the loop for both of these groups. Okay, all right. <laughs> out of my realm. <laughs> I'll keep it sweet. I'll say that NSYNC could dance better than Backstreet Boys could. So I think they're automatically in the lead. That's just my contention. I don't know. That's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, because you always, any of the NSYNC videos always featured like you know, dance moves that almost look like they were computer generated, whereas Backstreet Boys kind of just kept things simple. Yeah, they're soulful. Yeah. Just let them do that. Hey, everyone's got their thing. <laughs> yeah, people are going to know way too much about me. I <laughs> love of boy bands after this. <laughs> hey, don't be ashamed. It's 2018, remember? <laughs> That's right. It's the next revival. Yeah, there, there you go. Keys is going to be, uh, the next album's going to be featuring some dancing and all that stuff. Good. Yeah, we're gonna have headset mics. <laughs> I'm working on it. All right, so I wanna uh, I wanna change gears here for a minute. So I've talked to a few other bands, and I've noticed this this common thread having to do with religion. So it's kind of like a from what I've you know the experiences I've had and talking with other people. There's a rot in modern churches and like the emotions that people are feeling towards this thing, especially in bands, like you can see it and feel it in the music. Uh, has religion had any influence on your guys' music in a positive or negative way? Um, not, not really. Um, I went to like Catholic school growing up um, and religion just never like clicked for me. Um, not against it, not for it. Um, it's kind of very neutral. Yeah. Uh, there's like, there's a lyric in one of our songs where I say, uh, say she fucked God for better hands, but it's kind of like a, uh, I get asked, I think that's probably one of my most questioned lyrics that people ask me about. Uh, but it's kind of like the opposite of like, you know, selling your, selling your soul to the devil. It's like, she would do anything for greatness, but like, you're just asking the wrong person. Like, why would you do that for God? Like you're supposed to do that to the devil. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. That's kind of the only religion that's ever tied into our music, but it's not even, not to be taken like literally. Yeah, it's an afterthought. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's for the metaphor. You know, you gotta you yeah. gotta be word crafting, man. I thought it was cool at the time. Yeah, no, nah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, because it's just weird because you know you have, you know, back to Under Oath for a second. Like they put out that video. Did you guys see that video on YouTube where they're talking yeah. about like, and that like that hits home for a lot of people. Like a lot of people have felt kind of what they're feeling now, and it's uh, it's crazy to think that that has affected it you know an entire genre of musicians and that's uh kind of yeah. what yeah. fuels them i mean i think it's just it, it it really depends um on where people are at in their lives you know uh spirituality is just something that uh you can follow it in the great story of their lives like you can listen to those older under oath albums and hear like what really spoke to them and what brought them together and then you have now or now they're at this phase of their life and it, it's just it's all what people are really vibing with and you know it hasn't influenced me in a huge way at all I was you know kind of similar to Kyle like I was raised like kind of Catholic and then I, it was more or less just respecting everybody's faith and hearing them out and like of course all those other like metalcore bands from 10 years ago or so, like Oh Sleeper and SLA Dying, all those other bands, they were the Christ Core you know, bands. bands you know, yeah. So I would be exposed to it a lot. And Dude, Emery. Emery. Yeah. Did you guys ever yeah, get into... Exactly. So there was a huge presence, but I always tried to stick to just, you know, what I know more or less instead of get too involved with religion because I wouldn't do it much service. 
Yeah, I mean, and it too, it's it's what you're feeling. I think probably makes the the best kind of music instead of trying to fit into that genre. Yeah. Do you guys do you guys ever rock out to Norma Jean at all? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I've heard one Norma Jean song, and it's the one with, uh, what's his name, Evan Weiss, the singer from Me Without You. Yes. Um, that song's super good. I just, I think I slept on him. I just missed that wave. You got to check out. We, we were talking about that, like, with, when we were having the Thrice conversation. I was like, oh, you've never listened to Norma Jean. I just, uh, I don't know. Maradonal is such a great album. It. Yeah. All right, cool. So... I kind of notice when I see like your album covers and listen to the stories and your lyrics, I get this impression that you guys are kind of old souls. Is there any merit to that? Um, I don't know. I just like, I try to keep our, like we do all of our art ourselves, like any pictures we ever use, like somebody in the band takes that picture. Um, most of the time it's Dominic, our bass player. Um, we just try to, we like all being involved in every aspect of it, um, which is, I guess kind of cool to us. Um, that's kind of all I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just, it's always cool to approach artwork and like a theme from a more mature, wiser perspective that way, you know, it's much better to come off as like maybe an old soul than it would be to look like a young whippersnapper who's just <laughs> like putting the, out uh, weird, immature content, <laughs> you know, like a hipster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Wandermere album art is uh that's an old picture of my sister um like her dance group when she was a kid um i just thought that was like the perfect fitting image because the whole that whole ep is kind of about like um not my childhood but like the house i grew up in and uh like my parents going through like their thing and uh i would always take little aspects of our lyrics to kind of tie like my sister in just like where was she going what, what was she going through all of like this whole time because we weren't very close when we were younger and uh we kind of got closer as we grew up so like wandermere is kind of about that so i wanted to tie that in like that's just yeah. that's where that picture comes from um yeah stuff like that i guess like everything kind of is full circle yeah and like, like the older stuff like you know old photos and like maybe like forest backgrounds and stuff like that it, it just makes people more sentimental i think you know, uh, more emotionally attached. Like they get a nice homey feeling, you know, if they get that one listening to keys, I'm, I'm for it. Yeah, no, that's a good point too. Cause like you, and especially like something like, you know, big picture of the mountains or something, uh, yeah. you get that, uh, it, it feels like there's more depth to it. Like you're going to listen to this, uh, album and you're going to feel yeah. like transcended yeah. into something bigger than yourself. It, it's, yeah. It's more than just like the music on the surface. Like, I don't know. I always say like, we're just like a community of friends. Like we always try to, I've met so many people through the band, like that I would have never met and have ended up becoming just like great friends. So I was, just, I don't know. It's kind of like a homey feeling. Yeah, no, yeah. it's, it, it's cool, man. I, I, I love the art. That was one of the, uh, the, the big, uh, positives for when I came up across your guys' iTunes stuff. Thank you. Uh, okay. So your music, uh, it has like each, I don't know, it has this like hauntingly like beautiful tone to it. And like each song kind of tells a story, which is something you don't get a lot of music these days. But what like what would you guys say are the the main themes of your music? Like if someone who is not a Keys fan came to 
came to a concert or picked up an album, what would be like the the takeaway for uh, for them that you would want them that the point you're trying to get across? Okay, so this is this is kind of funny. So we always kind of get targeted as being like a sad band, you know, but in my opinion, all of our lyrics are super positive and like, um, like super like overcoming a situation or like just getting past something or reflecting on something that was negative, but with always like something always has a positive outlook when I'm writing. So it's kind of funny that like we kind of get targeted as like, Oh, we're such a sad band. Um, and then on top of like just the lyrics, I think like the actual music kind of pinpoints where we were at at a certain time. So like, but you'll hear it in the new album a lot. Like each song is pretty drastically different um, in the post hardcore realm. Like I think it just kind of shows instrumentally kind of where we're at, um, whether it's like a sad sound or a happy sound. Um, and then like the song as a whole, I, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. So it's basically a moment in time. Yeah. Just like, mm-hmm. I guess so like each song can have like two separate sets of emotions where it's the instrumental can be, be like sad, but the lyrics are kind of always a positive thing. Yeah. I, I think it's very, it's always very personal. And a lot of people when they're making really personal music are, you know, tempted to make it really sad. And sometimes unfortunately it's easier to make something personal, really sad. And I think Key's music is very positive in that it's it's personal in sort of a working through life's issues type of way. You know, it, it's never really uh, like, uh, oh, woe is me, like just wallow in sadness type of thing. It's It's more of a, you know, like, oh, this is what we go through. This is where we're at. And, you know, there's, there's still life to be lived and you got to move on and you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's like those, those are good themes. But the weird thing is like anything that is the tiniest bit reflective of one's emotions these days is considered like people want to stay away from it. And that's, that's sad to me. Like a lot of people don't take the time to, to like reflect on themselves and see like, what is going on with my mood? What, how can I change my methods of thinking and stuff? Because it's all, everyone yeah. just wants instant yeah. satisfaction. It's just a f- <laughs> super fast lifestyle. And like, that's why I love this kind of music because it actually, not only am I hearing like a, a story of, you know, a, you know, your guys' struggles, it actually helps my mind slow down to a point where I can start thinking about my own too. Yeah. It's yeah. reflective, I guess is a good word. Yeah. Uh, so what, what songs are you guys most proud of? Um, so far, I, I want to say Floating Room is like the biggest change for us, the one that we just put out. Um, I'm pretty proud of that just because it's like, it took a lot to get that song out. Like, just the whole recording process for this whole new album, um, just everything that came together to get that out. And then what the song is about, just, that's the song I'm most proud of. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree. Uh, mostly, I, I wouldn't say I was surprised, but you know, like having written "Floating Room" first, of course, we were extremely excited about it from the get-go. But you know, I was like, "Oh, we're just going to put the first song we wrote out as a first single." Like, well, okay, yeah, cool. And then it 
ended up being something I was so proud of that it was cool to see just all of that effort and all of those, you know, hours spent on it turned into something that was very musical and, you know, as deep as it is, like, I, I really hope to continue that, you know. It was the, like the first yeah. song, the first song we uh, ever did like a real music video for too. So it was cool just like making a visual um, to go along with it. It was something we've never done before. So that was fun for me. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was fun. That was a fun music video. <laughs> No, it's a it's it's a cool video. It's a, it's very artistic. Um, yeah, was, the the, uh, the prism effect was like live, so it's not like done in After Effects or anything. Like um, our bass player Dominic filmed everything, so he was like manually yeah. adjusting the focus and everything while filming. So I, it was just a really cool process. Yeah, you gotta love practical effects, man. Just like the the people who who are like, oh, hey, look, there's a uh, there's a glass. If I shine a flashlight through it and put it next to a mirror, it's gonna create this like cool. Yeah, uh, exactly. yeah. love that stuff. The way people's minds work, man. I'm I'm jealous sometimes. <laughs> so while we're on the subject of floating rooms, so the single is out and it's it's very tragic and emotional and like maybe that's just what I took away from it. But all right, I'm gonna tell you what I think the song is about and then. Let me know how far off I am. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna get it 100 percent right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, so when I listen to it, I hear it. It sounds like a story of like unreturned or worn out love. Am I close? Um, no. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> so, so what? Tell tell twist. me. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Plot twist. Can you tell me about it? like what's the? Uh, I guess like long story short. Um, so, like, I didn't start, like, drinking or anything until I had turned 25. I just, that kind of stuff didn't appeal to me. Um, and then uh, I was just, like, going through some stuff personally, and I started drinking, and it was just all, like, immediately a bad habit. So I haven't drank since then. <laughs> so it was just, like, a bad year. Um, so that, that song is kind of just about, like, I only thought I was happy while I was, like, drunk or, like, um, in that mindset, you know what I mean? Like I can only have conversations with my friends, have conversations with my girlfriend, like if I'm getting like fucked up. Um, so it's kind of just about like overcoming that and just, uh, that would be kind of like the more literal, um, explanation of the song. I kind of like to leave it open for, um, your own interpretations as well. Um, but that's just kind of what I was going through at the time. Um, so that's kind of like the basis of the idea of the song. It's just like kind of about being, thinking that you have to be in a certain mindset for people to care about you, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, so kind of like, uh, what, what's the idea of, uh, like alcohol as a social lubricant? Kind, kind of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I, I found out like very quickly that I didn't need it and it's just, not that the whole song's about like being drunk or anything, but it's just about like that's kind of where I was at, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, well, the, the mindset too, like especially when you're around other people and you feel like you can't fit in with them, you have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of floating room, here is a taste of the latest single "By Keys," available now on iTunes and all of your favorite music distributors. <laughs>
Uh, okay, so what is what's in the future for Keys? You said you had your album coming out. Uh, any uh, tour dates or concert dates coming up here? All right, check it out. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we're going. You're, you're going to hear it here first. Um, yeah. All right, MTV. <laughs> we're putting out a uh, a cassette of the floating room like EP, both the versions of the song that should be out on the internet hopefully this week. Um, we, our second song, our second single is being mixed right now. Um, I don't know when it's going to be out. Hopefully end of next month. Um, we may or may not have a tour that we may or may not be announcing in October. <laughs> Super secret. Um, uh, there's stuff happening. Let's okay. just say that. All right. All right. Fair yeah, enough. We definitely, we have plans to like get out on the road in uh, the next few months. Yeah. Like, like I said, with the whole single plan and everything and we're keeping that sort of in the incubator and then we're going to bust it out as it keeps going. And, you know, for the, for the immediate uh, foreseeable future, it's uh, like this cassette release and then, you know, we'll have the next song out definitely like next month yeah. and then just continue the process. Like we, we really want to just keep it something that pulses and pops up a lot for people to latch on to. You know, like, oh, I just got into this song. Now here's another one. Keep, and keep the energy high. Momentum. Yeah. Hey, well, if you guys got, you know, if you got something going on locally, let me know, man. I'll, I'll pop on over. love to see you guys live. I know this is the first time we can actually play like one-off local shows. Yeah. So we're kind of excited about that. We're all kind of, we don't live in, we don't all live in San Diego. But we all live within like a two to two and a half hour radius from each other, so yeah, possible now. Plenty. Yeah, yeah. It's really it's more like a half San Diego, half LA. So like everything is just driving distance. You know what? It's going to be made up by one of us. Where if we're playing in LA, like we make the drive. We're playing down here. You know they make the drive. So yeah. it's the one-off shows are something I would love to do. Yeah. Yeah, and there's plenty of concert venues too in between. You know the, the two places. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a few. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. So if people wanted to find you guys and your music, where would be the best places to look? Um, I guess just say like Spotify, yeah. Apple Music. Um, I think social media-wise, we're most active on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we try to do Facebook, but it's just... I don't even use it personally, so... It's hard to keep up these days. It's dying out, man. Yeah, definitely Instagram slash Keys Official. Um, Twitter's the same, Keys Official. And yeah. All right, cool. Uh, so, any closing thoughts? Anything you guys want to uh, say before we sign out here? Um, this was fun. Some good questions. Yeah, oh, hey, yeah. Thanks for taking uh, the time, man. Yeah, I mean, like, thanks for the opportunity to be introspective and kind of look at our past as a band and just what the material means to ourselves and others. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Ha fun having you guys on, uh, you know, once, once things, uh, get moving a little more for you guys, you guys want to come back on and talk about it. I'd love to have you back. That'd be awesome. Uh, all right, cool. So guys, this has been, uh, another episode of topic Ocalypse. Thank you so much to Kyle and Patrick of the band keys for joining us on this episode. <laughs> uh, if you want to find this podcast, you can find it on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, podcast.com, Stitcher, Google Play, and other great podcasting outlets around the globe. Until next time, it's been a pleasure.
Nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten-free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, Head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. Topicocalypse listeners, act now and get 15% off your order today just by entering the promo code POD3, that's P-O-D and the number 3 at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. Oh, 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 oh,